Okay, we need to thank our friends at Lacey Boots. Our good pal Nancy Baldock got Sky hooked on Lacey Boots. These boots are some of the most comfortable on the market. They are C-width, which gives feet and toes more room. And the taller boots come in three calf sizes so they can fit just about anyone. These highly technical boots are extremely comfortable, fashionable, and add extreme impact protection. Lacey Boots also has a line of Western shirts called the Cool Cowgirl. With cooling technology, these shirts are soft and stretchy, fully perforated for airflow to help keep you cool. Find Lacey Boots on Facebook or visit LaceyBoots.com. Okay, friends, welcome to another Mule Tip Tuesday. This is the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast, and I hope you've uh, enjoyed these episodes over the past year and a half. We've had a lot of fun recording these, and uh, right now I'm coming to you from the Freightliner studio. I'm just hanging out in my truck, and uh, we need to answer a whole bunch of questions. We've got a lot of good questions coming in, and I really appreciate all of you that are sending questions. And if you're new to this show, uh, I want you to know that you can send a question anytime. Send a question to ty at tsmules.com and that'll just land right in my inbox and we'll get you on the list to for your question to be answered here on Mule Tip Tuesday on the Everyday Mealship Podcast. So I appreciate that. Um, hopefully wherever you guys are in the world, you're doing great. We are just uh, in between clinics right now. We we would just finished up a clinic in Canyon City, Colorado, and I'll be doing a debrief on that clinic coming right up. And uh, we're headed to McCook, Nebraska for a three-day clinic coming up uh, the end of this week. And in between, we stopped at our friend's house here in Larkspur, Colorado. And today we went and rode the Garden of the Gods, um, which is a really cool place. Uh, this is like a park. Um, so it was really busy, a lot of people and stuff, but really pretty, you know, you're just right there at the base of, uh, Pike's peak, you know, right there at the base of the mountain. And then you got these giant red rock fins is what they call them fins sticking out of the ground. And, and, uh, it, it was fun. It was good. Um, I rode Riata and little Swayze, my, my six-year-old daughter rode behind me and, and uh, Sky rode her meal cupcake, and then Ellie uh, decided to leave Chrome here at camp, and and uh, she rode one of our friend's mules, which she loves riding new mules. She she loves to ride lots of animals. She's kind of like me when I was growing up. That's how I was. I wanted to ride everything, everything, anything new. I wanted to ride it, and um, she's just like that. She just loves to ride something new, and so she had fun, and you know. Uh, all I can say is I'm glad, uh, you know, I'm glad we, we have some of these mules that we have right now. And it takes so much work to make a good mule. I mean, you know, there's folks out there that are kind of whining about high prices. Of course, not the sellers, usually the buyers, right? The buyers are kind of whining about high prices of mules right now. But, you know, a good one is just priceless. You know, there, today we were dealing with, uh, there's a million hikers all, all over that place, a million hikers. And there's bikers flying up the road and there's, there's a, they got do, a dude ride going on. So we've got dude strings and, and dogs barking and, um, and vehicles because you cross the road a couple of times. And anyways, you know, it, it, it's, it's worth it 
uh, to ride some of these good animals and to pay good money for some of these good animals. Um, you know, it, anyways, and it takes so much work. I was thinking about Riata today as I'm riding her, you know, she's, uh, she's six years old and it's been a lot of work getting her to where I felt totally confident today. Have my little daughter ride there behind me and go down the trail. Not a worry in the world, not a glitch all, all morning, just fantastic. So, you know, I hope, I hope all of you at some point in your life, uh, maybe you already have, um, get the privilege of riding, uh, something that's really good. And I, and I say that, um, cause a lot of people come to my clinics and stuff and they're riding something that's pretty challenging, you know, or they're, or they're, they're fixing issues and they're trying to work problems out and they're trying to get better the meal. They're trying to get their meal better. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that don't get opportunity to ride a really, really handy mule. Um, and it's pretty special to ride something. Not that Riata's handy. I mean, she's only in the Hackamore now, so she's not, she's not like, you know, brilliant, but we're getting along pretty dang good. She's, she's further along than a lot of mules I've got in my lifetime. So it's kind of neat to, and I hope you guys get a chance to ride a good mule. And and then that'll fuel your fire to help you work whatever you're working right now. The animals that are green and young and and spunky and full of it, it'll keep the fire going so that you keep working at it and hopefully keep that motor running for you so that you can help make that mule into the next bridal mule. So, well, hey, you know what? We got a whole bunch of questions, so we're going to dive right in here. Um, first question comes from Lisa Bernard, and Lisa writes, two mules, two questions. Is that okay? My draft mule, Ballas, is very dull. We've been working on the checklist for over a year now, and she barely complies, but I can never get lightness and accuracy in the basic clearing the front and rolling the hinds move. Minimum, minimum effort is all I get. A lazy mule always too close to me in her moves. And if the flag or whip is inches away from her or even touches her, she is not impressed. How can I put pressure on, but... Excuse me. How can I put pressure on, but without having to smack her constantly? She has been previously owned by an old school kind of fella who used a big wooden stick to train her. I don't want to get to that. Yeah, Lisa. Okay. Usually when you're dealing with, with some of this dullness and a mule that's just a little bit lazy, there's a couple things to check on. Number one is your timing. Now you can speed these critters up by timing up with at least one foot. Now, if I'm getting a lot of dullness and, and a really slow mule, let's just say on the ground and I'm working on centered circles and they're really poking along. To get that mule to speed up, I'm going to time up with the inside hind foot. And every time that hind foot is about to leave the ground, as it's leaving the ground, I'm going to hustle that mule up a little bit. I might drive it a little bit more. I might swing my rein. I might give her a little tap with my flag and and try to get her to speed up a little bit with the timing so it's not just random smacking around the butt it's timing now you got to combine good timing 
also with good angles. Your body position on the ground makes a big difference. If you are ahead of the shoulder, you're going to slow that mule down. If you're at the side of the shoulder, you're going to slow them down. You need to be driving behind the shoulder, um, like in a circle like that. When you go to clear the front, you need to be driving more toward their eye. And, and your angle, uh, the, the way you walk around them, makes a huge difference, too. And how you clear that front, how you move the hinds. Um, a lot of people cut in too close when they go to roll the hindquarters like they cut into the rib cage instead of walking out and around toward the tail they walk in toward the wither and that's a cause of some dullness and some slowness for sure clearing the front often times people walk right into the mule or they walk too far away from the mule um, if you've been to a clinic you've heard me talk about the the whole free willy thing <laughs> it's a movie reference. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Free Willy, but when they're trying to send the well over the wall, the way he, the kid is pointing to get the well to, to jump over the wall. Anyways, um, it's just a side note. Uh, I, I joke about this in the clinics and a lot of people do the Free Willy thing where they point completely away from themselves. So they're like, um, they would send the mule right over the top of them because remember the foot goes where you point the rein. That rein is attached to that foot. And so some people go uh, like they're pointing completely to the side and they send that mule right over the top of them. And, and that's a bad angle to get a lot of accuracy or to get any type of, of energy out of. So you want to check on that. Now, if you are familiar with my video library uh, at tsmules.com, go to my video. You can go on that video library and there's a whole bunch of videos on groundwork and you can talk, you can see the angles I'm talking about that you need to achieve. Okay. Lisa has a second question. My brother's mule Mulan is a six year old who is just starting some groundwork willing to, uh, willing, but pushy. She is the boss in her herd and a merciless kicker with other equine. The problem is in summer, she kicks out when flies bother her, and she doesn't care if you are nearby. I've been hit on the thigh while I was doing flexions exercises, so you can see she reaches very far under and around her. Should I address the problem uh, to mark it as bad behavior, or is the groundwork going to take care of that? If and when I'm kicked, how should I react? I didn't reply instantly because I was in pain, so the moment had passed. Thank you enormously for your answer. Uh, for your awesome podcast, which I enjoy so much and learn so much. Um, okay, Lisa, on this one, um, yeah, if you if you do good good groundwork and you get this meal moving her feet, I mean, the chances of you getting kicked are much lower than otherwise, for sure. So that will help. Um, now, when she does kick you, what do you do? Uh, you know, like <laughs> Ray Hunt would say. Uh, I've seen a few of the writings and, and people ask the same thing. And he'd say, endure the pain and don't let it happen again. You know, where you're at, you're timing your angles and being aware. I mean, I now I have been kicked hundreds of times and I'm not exaggerating. I've took a hoof hundreds of times and I, and I get kicked uh, at least every other week. Um, you know, but boy, I get pretty jumpy and pretty aware and, um, you know, at the same time, I need to stay in there and get some work done. So it's a balance for sure. Uh, but with good timing and with good angles, you're not going to get kicked. Now, if you do get kicked, what do you do? Well, there's really not anything you can do about it. I mean, 
you can be a belligerent human like like a lot of people are and like want to kick them and i see people do all kinds of things when they've been kicked and you know basically any violent um reaction to you being kicked just confirms to the mule that you were indeed dangerous and and needed a kicking and needed to be blocked so uh you know what what i would do is if you can if you're not injured badly i would move those feet most definitely um you know and I would say do a bunch of moving half circles up and down the driveway, up and down the trailhead. But likely if you're getting kicked, you can't do the moving half circles anyways. Um, so it kind of goes back to the first part of your question. If you got the groundwork going, is that going to fix it up? Yeah, you bet it is. So, but yeah, if I got kicked, I'd probably move those feet, roll the hind, roll front, um, whatever I need to do, back or up. Just move the feet in some way, somehow, and go from there. Main thing is, is don't get kicked. Don't get in the way. Uh, have some good timing. Okay, next question comes from Jay Bell. I'm working on getting Maggie ready for the Iowa clinic by starting over with the foundation groundwork daily to clean up some of the little nagging issues that have shown up. I do not get to ride on a regular basis, and she was used by someone else for a while who may have allowed some loss of manners. Maggie has a high stress level and her response is to drop her head almost to the ground. While we are already better putting on the halter, I'm having to pull her head up before asking for the flex. In one of your podcasts uh, slash videos, you mentioned not pulling the head to you with the, uh, with the near side of the halter, but by using your right hand on the off side to flex her uh, to you. How do you pick up her head for access while reducing the pull on the halter. Um, so I, yeah, you, you can use your left hand to, to pull that mule to you, Jay. Um, yeah, I need to be able to bend them laterally to the left. So when I go to put a halter on, they need to flex to the left. So say I go to put the halter on, their head's dragging on the ground. The first thing I'll do is I'm going to hand the halter under the neck. And I'm going to reach over the neck with my right hand and grab the the crown piece of the halter which is you know like your uh your little little tail end that you're going to use to tie the halter on okay so i would i would have that tail end in my hand and i'd have the halter loop in the other hand and and i i might just pick straight up um which is going to put a little pressure under the mule's neck with a halter which is going to cause them to want to lift their head I'd, I'd pick it up until I could catch the nose. Once I, once I can catch the nose, then I'm going to bend the mule to the left. So I, I'll, I'll catch the nose first, then bend to the left. And yeah, you'll be using your left hand to help bend there. You, if the head's low enough, you'll be using your right hand also. Um, kind of there behind the eye to, to move that head to the left, ask them to flex. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't do anything different. I'd just get the head up first. Get the nose caught, then bend the mule. All right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break right now and thank a couple of amazing sponsors, and we'll be right back. I need to thank my friend, Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. 
It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA. Right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks and uh, go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N. Romanhome.com. And uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors, Western Mule Magazine. Ben and Anita Tennyson do an amazing job with their magazine. I've been writing for them for a few years now, and uh, they're great. Look up westernmulemagazine.com and check them out. Okay, friends, we are back with Mule Tip Tuesday here. Uh, i got a handful of uh, questions here left, and these are some good ones. So Barb Vansel writes in, New problem. Daisy is getting stuck while in the saddle. I can't get her to move forward with, I, I can't, excuse me, I can't get her to move forward or move her hips. She just stands. Any suggestions? I kick, squeeze, and cluck. Okay, Barb, anytime my mule is getting stuck and they don't want to go forward, they don't want to move, they don't want to do anything, um, I, I'm just going to start by making it not comfortable to stay there. So, um, so I'm going to address it in the moment first. I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell you how to fix this from the beginning. First thing I'm going to do in that moment, so I'm going down the trail. Now my mule's stuck. You say you can't move her hips, which is a big red flag right there. So that tells us one thing we got to work on otherwise. Um, basically, I'm just going to have a loose rein because see, a lot of people want to pull them to the left, pull them to the right, pull them to the left, and they think that That'll get it done, and it does sometimes, but I'm basically going to have a loose rein. I'm going to kick with both legs, bump, 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 rhythmically. The second the mule takes one step, one step, you got to be paying attention to those feet. I'm going to stop kicking right then and there. Reward it, and I'll go again. Bump, 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 bump. Repeat it. Back off. Reward. Do again. And uh, little by little, I'll be able to get that meal moving now. Okay, um, that's what I do in the situation, in, in the moment. Now, if I really can't move her, like if it absolutely fails, I will step off the mule and I will do moving half circles wherever I need to go. I can absolutely get moving half circles going anywhere on the trail. I don't care how rough it is. Um, you know, you might use common sense. Maybe I don't do it on the side of a, a cliff or side of a mountain, but... Most places on the trail, I could get off my mule and I could do moving half circles. Even in, in a three-foot wide little area, I'll, I'll do it. Um, or definitely in the barn or the pasture or the arena for sure, right? There's lots of room. I'll drive them if I have to. I can definitely drive the mule anywhere. Uh, I've yet to have a mule that I couldn't drive somewhere, okay? But so so that those are two things I would do in the moment. Now, to fix this, to really fix this and go back to what we really got to do here, it, 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 this goes back to cult starting 101, the very beginning of cult starting. And this is uh, a lot of people kind of argue this a bit and they don't want They don't want to walk trot lope on their first ride. They don't want to build this. They want to give things time and that that's okay. But for me and mine, we walk trot and lope within the first five minutes of the first ride. And we walk trot lope the first 100 rides 
as long as that's possible. Um, so what does this mean? When I have, when I get on a cult for the very first time, brand new, get on the cult. Okay. Well, I've already done groundwork and I've already done some hooking on. So they do know how to go forward. It's not a, a foreign thing to them to go forward. They, they can do it for sure. So when I get on a cult, very first ride, I'm going to get on, I'm going to tilt forward with my seat a little bit, kind of just forward of my seat bones. And I'm going to just bump with my calves, not my spurs, not my heels, my calves. And I'll just bump, 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 bump. And as soon as that mule takes a step forward, I stop bumping and I reward them. And I'll usually pet the mule's mane. And I repeat that over and over again until I can carry it. But I let them completely come to a stop before I bump again. I don't keep bumping. This is this is one of the ways to get a mule really dull is to have to bump them all the time. Now, a lot of people will bump, 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 and they and then they let off once the mule is going the desired speed. And when as the mule is slowing down, they'll come in a bump. Now, this is okay when they're further down the line, but a lot of people do this with youngsters. And what it does is it builds a dull, bracy mule that only moves when you're kicking. And when you stop actually kicking, they think that means stop. So they don't actually know how to maintain and hold a speed. So I'll do this with my colts from the very beginning. And I'll get to where they learn how to do this at the walk and the trot to where I don't have to kick them to go. That I can roll forward in my seat and they'll walk off. And I might have to use my, my calf a little bit to give them a little bump. But I don't have to keep kicking them to maintain a speed. I can get them to go and they'll keep going that speed. So that's how I'd recommend going back and building it, Barb. Just just as if you started a colt again. Put, put this mule in the round pen or in the arena and just work on forward motion without any direction. And this is how we do it with a colt, right? There's really no direction because well, a colt doesn't know how to turn or stop or anything. They just You just got to work on going. That's the only thing that you, you work on at that moment. Anyways, I do that with your mule, Daisy. Okay, next question comes from Quint Ricketts. All right, Quint. He says, um, I'm having, I am having uh, an issue with my lead mule not enjoying the rope under the tail. Makes for a long ride in when my butt is also puckered. <laughs> this guy didn't proofread any of these things here. Um, any advice is more than appreciated. Thanks. Okay, so... All right. Well, very simple. Mule's getting the lead rope stuck under his tail, and uh, the mule's getting scared, and it's scaring Quint too. You know, if any of you packers out there uh, have packed for very long, well, then you have had a rope under your mule's tail, and if you haven't prepared for it, why life can be pretty tough, and and you don't want to deal with this on the side of a mountain, on the side of a bunch of shell rock, or side of a cliff, and you know, or or on some some bank. Uh, uh, of some stream there, you know, you don't want to deal with it there. So you, this is something that you can prepare for. One of my favorite ways to get a mule used to having a rope under their tail is basically I'll get my lariat rope and I, I use a 60 foot long triple X soft poly with a metal Honda. And I, and I'll get, I'll, I'll get the, the loop around the mule's neck. Okay. Then I got the rest of it in my hands here. And what I'll do it, is I'll put the mule in the round pen, and as the mule is going around the round pen, so, so picture the mule going to the left. So from right to left, that's going counterclockwise around the round pen. I'm going to flip my rope around because it's attached to the neck, right? I'm going to 
uh, flip the, the, the rope around the mule's hip as well. Um, so the loop is around the neck and the, uh, the rope is coming down the body and it's, it's going to be on the right side of that mule and it's going to go around the hip and I'll work that rope around until it kind of gets under that mule's tail a little bit. And I'll just put a little pressure and that mule is probably going to clamp down and sometimes they'll kick it. Sometimes they'll take off. That's all okay. Cause you're not on them and they're in the round pen and it's pretty safe. And you're going to keep that rope under the tail or they will rather until they turn, move their hip from right to left and you keep some tension on that rope and it'll come right out from under their tail. Now you teach them this on both sides and you do it over and over and over again until pretty soon when that mule feels that rope going under the tail, it just moves its hindquarters one way or the other to get out from that rope. And you also um, get good about having ropes under them tails. And, and you know, um, I don't ride with a crouper regularly, but it doesn't hurt at all for you guys to put a crouper on and leave them tied up there at your high line, your hitching rail. And let them learn how to pack a crouper around. That's good training too. And, you know, uh, it's really not that big a deal. They, they figure it out really fast. Uh, the things under their tail can be learned really fast. Now, where it will go wrong is if you don't prepare for this and a mule gets a rope under its tail and it gets burned under that tail. Then you will have a mule that is tail shy for, I mean, they learn quick and they will clamp that tail so tight. I mean, you ain't getting, you ain't getting it out. Um, so this is best prepared for ahead of time. And, you know, and then, and then I'll get to where I like to pony mules inside the round pen and I'll kind of make this happen while I'm riding after I've done the prep work, of course, make this happen while I'm riding and I will assist the mule. So I will kind of get the rope caught, say around the right side of the tail and, and under it. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of cause that to happen. And then I'm going to help the mule roll the hindquarters away from that pressure. So I'll get my right leg back. I'll pick up on my right rein and I'll roll the hinds away from that rope and it'll fall right out every time I, I can kind of prepare that way. So that's what I do, Quint. That's how I prepare it. So I hope that helps you. Okay. Um, here is a question from, from Tempe. Reagan, Regan. I'm terrible with names, folks. I hope I read that correctly. Tempe says, My boyfriend bought Jackie from his boss for packing. We've used her three times, and she stands, saddles, and packs great. But she is extremely difficult to catch and cannot be shod without sedation because she freaks out. When I look at her or pet her or talk to her, she shows zero expression. She doesn't make eye contact. She slightly moves her head away when you try to touch her face. I feel like she's been treated like an object for her 20 years of life and ignored as an individual with a personality. And now she's like dead and doesn't show herself anymore or herself to anyone. I'm trying to work with her. I bought her a rope halter because she came with one of those heavy chain halters. Tonight, I was brushing and petting the other horses, and I got her to let me approach her finally. I just pet her for a while and would walk away and brush the other animals until she showed uh, until she showed interest. Then, after a while, I halted her uh, and brushed four times, 
and then left her alone. My question, how can I work on getting her better about getting shod? And do you have any ideas as to why she seems so dead and afraid to show any personality or interest in person? I've listened to the first 45-year podcast now and need to start watching more videos. Okay, that was the first part. Then um, she sent this a few days later. Also, as an update, she finally started showing curiosity and life this last pack trip. She would make eye contact and turn her head towards me to investigate things like my bottle of Gatorade. But still, she is head shy and more dull on the side. Looking forward to hearing Ty's thoughts. I'm a total newbie and just learning as well. Okay, Tempe. Um, this mule's 20 years old, right? Um, it's it's uh, She's been used um, pro- as a tool, more or less, it sounds like. Um, and, uh, you know, the reason she probably doesn't show a lot of emotion, a lot of expression to you is because she has been ignored her whole life. And she's probably been around humans that are unaware of the mule. And, you know, those of you that have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you have heard me talk about awareness a million times, probably probably close to every episode I talk about awareness. Now, this is the one characteristic that I found in every good horseman across the board, regardless of discipline. Good horsemen are aware for sure. So, so this is the key. Um, this is what I'd do, Tempe, if, if it was my meal. Okay. I would um, do catching with quality multiple times a day. Now, if you don't know what I mean by catching with quality, you go go on my video library on my website, tsmules.com, and go to the collection called Everyday Mulemanship Challenge 2020. And um, I can't remember which number of video it is off the top of my head, but watch the catching with quality. And and if that's all you did after work every day, you just went and did that for a couple of weeks, you'd see just a huge change in, in how she is because you're aware, you pay attention to them. And uh, I would go catch this mule with quality, how I talk about in that video. The way I catch them is important. And I might just lead this mule to the gate and take the halter off and walk out. And you'll find after a couple weeks of doing this, your meals will get better to catch. Um, now, they're all a little different. Um, we got an older meal ourselves that my girls ride quite a bit. And, you know, my entire herd is brilliant to catch, except for this mule. Um, but we've done this. And little by little, she gets better and better to catch, and it's fine. Um now, you being aware of this mule also, so say you say she's head shy. So when you go to pet this mule and she takes her head away from you, she's trying to tell you something. Now, now there's two there's two ways of going about this. There's the thought that, well, you, you got to keep trying to pet them because if you back off when they back off like that, you're going to teach them to go away. And I used to <clears throat> think a lot about that. And th- there's the other side of things that she's trying to tell you. In fact, she told you before that as you began to reach to pet her, that she's not cool with you petting her. So um, sometimes I might reach for a mule and they don't want me to pet them and I'll, I'll back off from them. And I'll just let them kind of consider that, hey, you know, I, I noticed that you were bothered by that. And um, what can I do to help you? And sometimes I, I've noticed with a mule like that is I'll, 
I'll go out and instead of trying to pet the darn thing, and that's maybe all I wanted to do, I might go and do a little work and I might do some groundwork and some good ride and go for a good ride half the day, then come back and, and, and by the end of the day, maybe I could pet him. And um, maybe that's the only time I actually tried to pet this mule at all is at the end of the ride instead of at the beginning. And uh, in the meantime, if you're having a hard time getting your head stall on, well, you can get kind of snap and whatever. And that's not avoiding the problem, but you, you got to work with what you have right now. And sometimes getting those big head shy fights will set you back. But really, Tempe, if this is my mule, I'm going to go back to the very beginning. I'm going to go back to my groundwork from the beginning, catching with quality, the groundwork, start the saddle work little by little, piece by piece, because all those things, and like I said about that everyday mulemanship challenge I did in 2020, I did a weekly video on that. On, on I give you guys one thing to do each week, and it is following the checklist in order. And I would just go back and I'd just work on one piece like that at a time. And as you're doing that, those pieces aren't just mechanical pieces. They're not just mechanical. They are, uh, they are beneficial relationship building blocks for sure. You're, you're going to build a relationship by doing those things in order. Um, it was really fun when I did that last year in 2020, I had so much feedback and people made so much, so much progress with themselves and their, their animals. So I would uh, go back and, and do that if I were you, Tempe. So, hey, all of you, thank you for sending in these questions. I, I'm really grateful to you for these questions. If, if you have a question, don't be shy. Just send me an email. You can send it to ty at tsmules.com. And please put in the subject line question for Mule Tip Tuesday, and we'll get to it. I promise you, we will get to it. If we don't answer it right there in the email, it will be on the show. I guarantee it. So. Uh, I appreciate you sending those. Um, as always, I'm grateful for all of you that uh, took the time out of your busy day to listen. If it's not too much to ask, and especially if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you would leave us a five-star rating and write up a little review. If you're not listening on Apple Podcasts, the rest of you, uh, I, I, love, I love receiving the emails. Uh, I'd love to hear what your favorite episode is and love to hear from you guys. So, uh, anyways, we're going to load up here soon and head to Nebraska. And uh, after Nebraska, we head on to North Dakota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Indiana, Iowa, and Texas. And then I'm back to Utah to top it off with a extreme trail riding clinic at home. So looking forward to it, friends. Until next time, God bless you, and we'll see you down the road. Hey, I want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colt Naring. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you.